is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little roller up along first, behind the back, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. See you, Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Tuned into Game On with Josh Silverberg and Eric Bowe. Game On! Talking all things sports. It's, it's Game On! Yeah, Game On! Game On! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh, yes. We are back. That time again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Game On Live right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Joining you every single Friday. From 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am your host, Josh Silverberg. Of course, my co-host, Mr. Eric Bowe. How are you, sir? What's going on? I tell you. Game Paradise. That's how I view it. And ladies and gentlemen, you can check out our show and other great shows here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check us out, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. We are on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Periscope, Twitch. All of that. And if you want to see Speedy get mocked by Arrow, you can check that out on Snapchat as well. Of course, we have a lot to get into, ladies and gentlemen. And we start with what we like to call our leadoff spot. That is going to be topics that are going on around the world of professional sports. And it starts, of course, with the NBA starting this week. And, of course, it's going to be an overreaction week. By a lot of people. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. The second spot, we're going to do our NFL picks. We're going to pick a couple of games this week. I believe Errol, Errol, Eric, you said you're going to pick three. I know. I'm still on it. Eric, you said you're going to pick three, and I'll pick three. So Speedy will send us the games. We'll look through the games, and we'll pick which games we want to go with and everything of that nature. We'll talk a little Jets. Giants will be... Uh, get into that. The fraudulent Miami Dolphins. Are they frauds? And why they have not beaten a team with, a, I believe, a winning record since September of 2022. We're going to discuss all, or September 2022. Yes, yeah, September 2022. They have not won. So we're going to get into all that. That is number two. Number three, the World Series is set. And boy, Rob Manfred is crawling in a corner right now. In his house somewhere, crying his eyes out with what the ratings are going to be for this series. The Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. And we'll get into a little bit of that. And we're going to get into the fraudulent Philadelphia Phillies and how they choked this away. And I will also make the point of why this will scar the Philadelphia Phillies for a long time with this team. And of course... We have to start with what is going on right now, and that is Major League Baseball. That is the World Series. It is set. Game one tonight. Crazy. I believe it's Jordan Montgomery going up against Zach Gallen. Game one in Texas. And 
Eric, we saw this series. It was all over. Chris, Chris Mad Dog Russo even said he was going to retire if the Phillies won the last two games. The Phillies were winning the series three games to two, heading back to Philadelphia, and I did not think they were going to win the Arizona Diamondbacks a game, let alone win both of them. Let's just let's just talk about for a second that catalyst, Mr. CC Corbin Carroll for them. Just mm-hmm. is that not the perfect like leadoff guy and, and table setter, tone setter for your team? Get on base, he's on second before you know it, he's on third playing small ball, and you know what? They're getting the timely hits. They've got the hitters. they got the team to do it, you know, but it's they're not a reliant team of home run or nothing. You know, they, they're, they're playing small ball. you got Corbin Carroll setting the tone there. You're getting the role players who are just playing as they should. Think about it. When, when they made that trade uh, to get rid of Dalton Varsho and pick up Gurriel, it was kind of one of those, like, wait, why? Right, how much how how smart does that deal look now? Well, I think the biggest thing that Arizona did is I feel like now listen, we could sit here and argue back and forth about is this just a team that's really hot right now, or is this a team that is going to be here for a while? You have their core of their lineup, right? Gabby Moreno, which was a great pickup for them in the mm-hmm. trade with I believe it was with Toronto. If oh, I'm not- wait. Did I just mention Varsho in that deal too? Yeah, was- Varsho was traded back, and they got Gabby Moreno, Cattell Marte, NLCS MVP is a hit machine, and and look at it in this perspective, Corbin Carroll. Those are your three hitters that are going to be your core players: are Moreno, Carroll, and Marte. It's Filling up the rest of that lineup. Gurriel is going to be a free agent this year. I would imagine with his playoff and stuff, he's probably going to go somewhere else. You take it in now. And then you have Gallon and you have Kelly as your one-two, which I think is a nice one-two. I wouldn't say it's overpowering. Gallon, listen, Gallon, Gallon's been in the Cy Young conversation last year. He was one of the finalists for the Cy Young. He's not, and the, and the crazy thing is Arizona is doing this without Gallon pitching that great. That's the even more impressive thing. Let me ask you this, though, Josh. Let me ask you this. Last week we talked about Texas starting pitching kind of overperforming minus Scherzer, of course. On the other side for Arizona, is that bullpen for real, or are they overperforming as well? Well, Fah pitched well. He was at, he pitched out of his mind in Game 7, and it was crazy. They interviewed him before the game seven and what was amazing was Lavello said it was going to be a bullpen game that he was only expecting to have a couple of things out of FOD. And he said, I'm as calm, cool and collective as there is. I treat this game like it's any other game. There's no difference. And he went in there with that attitude. And I said, Whoa, good for him. Mm -hmm. Now listen, it could be bold, but he didn't seem like it was bold. It seemed like it was really something legitimate that he was really, very much when I see what I saw from the Diamondbacks, listen, their big trade acquisition at the deadline, Paul Seawald, has been great. Mm-hmm. He's been very good. Tommy Pham chimed in a little bit in this series. Another trade deadline acquisition from the Mets. He's been okay. He's been clutch for them. Six and seven, lights out. Yep. And 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 really when you when you look at it in this perspective, people are going to say, was it the Diamondbacks winning or was it the Philadelphia Phillies? And I think the, the thing about the Philadelphia Phillies is this. 
they have so much locked into their payroll with Harper, Cassianos has another four years, Schwarber, Turner, Turner for thirteen, whatever he signed. I mean, Riamuto. So those five guys, you have them locked in for years, and you—they're not tradable. Those are not tradable pieces because the problem is they're making too much money. The question that needs to start being asked about the Philadelphia Phillies now is, is this team good enough to win a World Series? We saw it last year against Houston in the World Series. They lost, right? They were winning that series, I believe, two games to one, and then they lost four games to two. We saw it this year. Go back home to Philadelphia, up three games to two, against an Arizona team that won 84 games, lost both of them, and their hitters got completely shut out in that in those last two games. This loss is going to – and I'm not even saying – everybody's going to say, oh, you're a Met fan, you're going to say it's a great – being realistic with you because I had the Phillies actually winning the World Series when it was – they were in the LCS against Arizona. Eric, I told you this on the side. I said whoever – I did, I think they'll beat Texas. Once Texas got in, I said Philly's going to beat Texas, and I thought that would be the case. Philly, this is going to hurt them for a long time. This is a, you know, if you go back to what was it, 2013, I believe it was, when Ryan Howard tore his ACL from the last play of the game, Mm -hmm. and that just ended that Philly run. Yep. This is worse. This is worse. They lost to a team that they, they, they bludgeoned them 10 to nothing in game two. And you could blame... Craig Kimbrell is a massive – Craig Kimbrell is never going to throw a pitch in that stadium again. That's number one. Number two, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Nola. That's He's going to get a big market. I don't know if they could bring him back. And then it becomes an issue. Is after Wheeler, what do you have? Juarez? Taiwan Walker on Twitter and was he was pissed because he didn't get into the playoffs at all. And he was angry about it. Thompson. Thompson. Thompson's going to have to figure out how do I get this team mentally prepared going forward? We dominated the Braves, Miami. Miami. They crushed Miami. They dominated the Braves. And they couldn't – they just – every time Arizona won a game, game three, they win. Okay, Arizona wins. Fine, they got a fluky win. Kimbrel stunk. But then game four, Thompson went back to Kimbrel again. And it was just like, you got to stop this. You know, and they didn't do it. And then game five, they won. So they're going home. They're feeling good. And it's like when Arizona took the lead, I believe it was in the fifth inning of game six, that team just mm-hmm. – that team just – I felt quit at that point. Well, and, and then they kept playing catch-up the entire game seven. You know, they would get – they would tie it up. They'd be down again. You know, the Diamondbacks, kudos to them, did not ease up. You know, they, they were relentless. They – they wanted it more in that game seven. You know, Arizona to me is a team that plays fundamentally sound baseball. Exactly. They get the base hits. They get the clutch hits. They bunt guys over. They move everybody. And they get the wins. Philly is an all or nothing team. You can't win that way. We've seen teams, you know, everybody says, oh, the Astros do that. No, the Astros don't do that. The they Astros won. have guys on their team that can hit the long ball like Alvarez. Put have guys on in their lineup that have like Brantley mm-hmm. and Altuve and those guys that can do small ball and get the guys over and stuff like that. That was you my know? point in the beginning of this. 
was saying, look what Arizona did. The small ball, back and forth, Corbin Carroll setting the table with everything. Oh, and Lavello completely unmatched Thompson in this series. It was embarrassing. It was completely embarrassing. Thompson got Thompson got pants. He got the chair pulled under he got the chair pulled underneath him by Tori Lavello. We're crowning Texas, right? We're crowning them as champion already. We're gonna crack it. I want to see let these games be played. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. Both of these teams went through a ton of adversity. Both of these teams have to go on the road down three to two. And win these and win these games on the road. Now the difference is, Houston had one of the worst home records in baseball. They could not win at Minute Maid Park. That was their issue. Right. Philly, you walk into Citizens Bank. That place is you feel it when you walk in. The fear from the fans and the atmosphere, and it's so bright and everything is. And Arizona didn't blink, and they were losing in the game. They were losing in both Game 6 and Game 7 at one point. They came back. I want to see these games be played out. I want to see how these games turn out. Because I know we're all crowning Texas. And I th- I'm gonna, I think Texas will win. I do. If I had to pick it. But I'm not going to sit here and say I'm surprised if Arizona wins the World Series. I would not. I, I think this is a crapshoot. It is. It comes down to, I think, what we mentioned before. Do we trust Texas? starting pitching or do we trust Arizona's bullpen more you know those both seem to be overperforming right now and what's nice with Texas is honestly I don't know if they care about pitching because their goal is they're just going to outmatch you well they can't lose a Montgomery or Evaldi start they 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 can't lose any of those they gotta win but that's never those two pitch they gotta win because then you got Scherzer and you got Haney Mm -hmm. and you're not winning those games but that's how they beat Houston who is, all right, you know, we, we don't have our top guys right now. We're just going to outmatch you. And yeah. they did. And, and, they did. and give Bruce Bochy credit, and congratulations to him again. Bruce Bochy deserves a lot. Did, did you see that stat that Bochy? 6-0 and in Game 7s. And Dusty Baker is? 0-6. Oh exactly. Which I was like, that's my yeah. – I mean, mind. look, and, it, and, and look, I'm not going to blame Dusty Baker for them losing the game seven. I mean, Javier, who has been one of the most clutch pitchers for Houston, yep. just didn't have it. And the truth of the matter is Max Scherzer didn't have it either. But Bochy pulled him. Bochy had the balls to basically say, I don't care what your resume is. I don't care that you're a future Hall of Famer. We're not losing this game. Give me the ball. Right. Because here's the truth of the matter is, is this. If they don't score those four or five runs in the first inning, I have no idea where this game goes. Because I don't think Scherzer's going to last. There's no way. He wasn't – He would he give them two innings? He didn't give them anything. Two and – uh, I mean, yeah. And that's the thing is the fact is, is this. If Houston loses one of these two games at home, I think they're going to be in enormous trouble. And I know they can mash the ball. But the truth of the matter is, is this. You're going to have Scherzer and Haney go in those games three and four. That's – I don't care who Arizona has. Look what Arizona did. Look what Arizona's done without their best pitcher pitching well. In Gallon. That's no coincidence. It really comes down to Texas starters against Arizona's bullpen. I really think both were kind of overperforming more so than, than normal, but – <laughs> it's really where I think the battle's going to come come down and where it's going to lay. If Arizona's bullpen pitches like it did in Game 6 and Game 7, 
forget it. You know, oh, so it's, a, it's a five inning game for the starters. It's a five inning game for them. That's what's it. Then it doesn't matter who Texas comes up. But you know what? The Texas lineup, I think, is a little bit deeper than the Phillies lineup too, though. So it, I think it, that it, that'll it, make it. It's tough. You and know, right. It's tough to say because here's the thing. Like you look at Texas right now, they got Garcia, obviously who's on a tear right now. You have Simeon and you have Seager. Jung is playing well mm-hmm. and everything. Hyman Garver. Hyman Garver, yes. But then you also look at the Philly lineup with Harper, Schwarber, Bohm, Castellanos, Maria Muto, Turner. It's like just a bivy of not and players that they had, but and that's the thing. See, Texas didn't have to face that lineup. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now they faced a very. I think Houston had the deepest lineup in baseball in in the playoffs. One through and not, they did. But if you're talking about a mashing of the game of the baseball, I think the Phillies and Rangers are kind of one A one B. You look at the lineup similarities. And I think pitching will always outdo hitting. That's always what it will be. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Texas in this one. I'm going to say six games. You could have a different opinion on that. I want Arizona to win too, by the way. I want this to just stink up in Manfred's face. Stupid wild cards. You just keep adding wild cards to these 84 teams. You can go there. Now, might not make a difference. <laughs> but say this, say Texas does win. Is this a new blueprint teams are going to start to do and, and open the checkbook a little bit more and start to kind of not overpay these players, but kind of take on a lot more higher contracts? No, I think it doesn't have any. I, this was this, this this team last year was the same team as last year. The difference is Bruce Bochy's the manager, not Chris Woodward. I think that's the difference. The lineup is the exact same as last year's. There's nothing different other than Jung. There's nothing different. So, that yeah. lineup is exactly the same. It's if Chris Woodward was still the manager of this team, are they in the playoffs or the World Series? But they also have a year under their belt playing with each other too. No, no, but I'm saying no. But if Chris Woodward was still the manager, are they in the World Series? No, and, they're and not because they're not even close in a sandbox. They're not even close. Yes, Bruce Bochy makes that difference. Oh, hundred. He went to the World Series with the Padres. Mm-hmm. He won multiple championships with the Giants. Agreed. The Giants, Far, Far, Farhad Zahi, kicked him out the door. Yep. Wanted Gabe Kapler there. Threw him out. That worked out. He goes to Texas, his first year's manager. Boom, they're in the World Series. He's That's the right. one manager in this sport I can confidently say he makes a difference for a team. I can't say that about the other vet managers. Baker won a World Series last year. Good for him, but for years, it was tough for him. Right. Showalter has yet to be in a World Series. Bochy's the one guy I know that could take a team that won 70-something games. And by the way, lost their best pitcher in the beginning of the year in DeGrom. And still got here. Mm-hmm. That's the impressive thing about Bruce Bochy. And I have a lot of respect for Bruce Bochy for that reason. So, I'm going to go Rangers in six. I'm guessing you're going to go Texas as well. It's hard to go against Texas right now with Garcia just basically hitting the beach balls, you know, 7,000 feet. Um, or so at, at least it seems that way. But it, it's hard to kind of go against. I think Texas is just going to mash. 
you know, especially when it turns into a bullpen game itself, I, I just, I don't see Arizona being able to put up the offensive numbers needed. Um, you know, I, I hate to match you, but I think six is probably the right. Arizona steals one game. These next two games, they're, they're winning the series. Would I be surprised if it goes all seven? No. I think if Arizona wins one of these two games on the road, they're winning the series. <clears throat> I, I do. I don't know. I, I, but see, you, you can't even say, you know, the resilience and how they got there because both teams had their backs against the wall. They've both been there before. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing about Texas is they have not, I believe, lost a game where Montgomery uh, mm-hmm. or no. <clears throat> they've only lost one game where Montgomery started. They haven't lost a game where Evaldi started. Right. And you know what? I want to see what happens if that happens in this series. Because just... then you got to throw Scherzer and Haney out there. You just touched on two players or two figures that I think will make the difference in this series because of experience. Bochi, Evaldi's been there in the World Series before. Scherzer's been there. Oh, Scherzer's nothing. Oh, stop. But it doesn't oh, matter. The Congratulations. The experience of There's being no, What experience? If I got to look at him one more time sitting in the dugout with his foot going up and down so he That's could go out there and look like he's a pretend bulldog and go out there and give to By the way, did you see the excuse that he came out with today, by the way? He said he has a blister on his thumb, but he's going to pitch through it. Here we go. It's tough. No grip. Here we go. But at the same, I mean, I'm just saying. I think someone was gushing over him when he was in a Mets uniform, though. Oh yeah, listen, I'll be the first well, to tell you. It, it didn't work out. He had a great regular season for the Mets, but when the Mets needed him the most, and and basically the thing of it is, is this: the Brave series stunk. The playoffs last year stunk. I can't stand him. I'm so sick of this bulldog BS mentality from this guy. But yet. Here he is coming up with every excuse in the book already. Now I have a blister on my thumb. So basically, so you're basically setting yourself up for when you suck. You're going to say, well, you know, that blister was a big problem. Oh, kiss my ass, Scherzer. Okay? Seriously, bite me. That's what I have to say about that. Enough of this. I'm tired of this bulldog experience. With those pieces, are going to good make experience. Good. Yeah, experience. Good for him. It's a big deal. It's a big it's deal. Snug. I never said he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Never said he wasn't. He's absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is. That never came out of my mouth. Here's what I will say. The problem with Scherzer is the last couple of years with the Dodgers, not clutch. The Mets, oh. not clutch. Okay, when Rangers so far, the Rangers have managed to be clutched despite his garbage. What happened? When has he pitched a big game? Actually pitched well lately. Uh, hasn't. Uh, 2019. 2019 with the, with the Nationals. And that's great. He won more rings than the Mets in 40s. This isn't even about the Mets. The Mets aren't even involved in the conversation, Snug. Now, this is what's. I see what Snug's doing. I see what he's doing. It's all good. She's going to be very upset at you, Stunk, because you're, you're, you're trying to poke the bear. That's what you're doing. Well, go. we're going to go to a break. We're going to towel off here because I'm sick of talking about Max Scherzer on the show, and I've had enough. It's enough. I'm sick of talking about crap for the last few minutes, okay? Him and his two colored eyes. Mm-hmm-hmm. Maybe they're contact lenses. Maybe. maybe he needs contact. That's why he's not pitching well. All I'm saying 
was you weren't saying this about a season and a half ago. But we'll leave it like that. Okay. When we come back, Speedy's going to deliver us uh, the games for the NFL week. We are going to look at the. We're going to look at it. We're going to have two commercials here, so we're going to look at the list. What is this? Snugging my mother having a conversation now. Hey, it's a, it's a nice moment. Oh my god! So we're going to do that, and then when we come back, we're going to get into a little overreaction for the NBA. Why everybody needs to settle down on certain things, certain issues. And then we're going to get to our segment. Eric, what do we like to call it at the end? You're better than that. We're going to get to that when we come back live right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game on! Game on! We're back! Listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg and Eric Bowe. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second half of Game On Live right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Eric Bowe. Of course, producing is Mr. Speedy PD. I'm Josh Silverberg. We are going to talk some football. And by the way, a very de- interesting developing story regarding the Jets Giants game. Not good news for the Giants. Even more, Daniel Jones is out. Andrew Thomas is now doubtful for the game Sunday. So. This is going to be a problem for the New York Giants because they have to be able to stop the Jets' pass rush of Bryce Huff, Jermaine Johnson, Quinn Williams, Michael Clemens. See, that's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. You said it's going to be a problem. It is going to be a problem. It's been a problem. (laughs) But that's besides the point. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean. We'll we'll dive into that game because, listen, who's, who's the Jets quarterback still at this at this point, guys played pretty well the last couple of weeks. Zach Wilson. You know what? I just, I still do not. I don't trust him. Listen, I mean, it's probably going to be a, a a Brees Hall kind of day, you know, against the Giants and stuff that way. And you know, it's going to be tough to to stop. And you know what? Garrett Wilson will probably have a couple of touchdowns if uh, you know Rogers was in, but. Zach is in, and I just I don't trust him to pass the ball. I think it's going to be one of those uh, Patriot type of games against the Jets, where it's going to be a lot of smash mouth running back and forth. And I don't know. I I don't I don't know if the Jets are okay with that of having to try to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hand to win that game. I listen. Fair assessment. I I, I will say this. In regards to what the New York Jets need to do to win this game, the New York Giants are not the best at stopping the run. So you got to give the rock to Brees Hall. Give the rock to him. Let him do his thing. Now, I want to see Zach after this bye. They interviewed Nathaniel Hackett the other day. And they asked him, hey, can you assess the the offense so far? And he said, well, what I noticed is two things. One, we sucked in the red zone. and We sucked on third down. So you would think somebody would be a little more positive, a little praise, you know, everything like that. But he was very honest and upfront. The Jets have not been a good red zone team, and they have been a brutal third down team. And to me, this is something – that has to change. Now you look at the 
the Jets got through the meat of their schedule, right? The Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bills, um, Denver on the road, all that. And everybody was signing up for three and three before the bye anyway, before Rodgers even got hurt. You're like, if the Jets are three and three before the bye, this is awesome. This would be great. But now they're three and three with Zach Wilson as a quarterback, and they got a defense that is they're they're game wreckers. They are a game wrecking machine, that defense. And they beat Philly without Sauce and Reed, who are both back this week, cleared for concussion protocol. So they're in. And I just wonder now I'm upset that Daniel Jones is not gonna play in this game. That 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 I'm very upset about. Well, oh, because Tyrod Taylor is lethal. Tyrod Taylor is probably better than he is. Yes. So that upsets me a little bit. Now the Jets did see Tyrod Taylor in the preseason. They know a little something about him. But I, if you're – listen, the Jets' defense has held Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts to their worst games of their season so far. Mm-hmm. I can't think that Tyrod Taylor is going to be scaring this team. Exactly. You let the guard down just enough. You yeah. already hit, you already hit key points. You can't get a first down if it's third down, and you can't score in the red zone. You can't. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is that giving the Giants a chance. I'll take those odds. Now here's here here's where I want to stop the, the pump the brakes on the Giants fandom and all the hoopla with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's played well. Now listen, he he didn't score a point on offense against a Buffalo Bills team that had their two best defensive players hurt and Matt Milano and Tredavious White. Okay, that's number one. And he screwed up before the half. God, did he ever with the clock management. And that's a veteran. You can't do that. Number two, he played the Washington Commanders, who have one of the worst defensive backfields in football. It's not what it was. And honestly, I think the Commanders have kind of quit on Rivera at this point because Montez Sweat said it best after the game. I'm sick of losing, and I want to win. So clearly, it's I think, and also the way they've handled Chase Young, by the way, has not been pretty. And yes, I agree. The Buffalo Bills are frauds. Snug said the Buffalo Bills are frauds. Still will win that division. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I, I I'm very mixed on it. I, I the Jets have the Giants, the Texans, the Falcons. Don't sleep on the Texans. At least they got them at home. What I will say is, I I do think the AFC East has, I don't think it's as good as we thought. Now, listen, if Aaron Rodgers is playing in for the Jets right now, I think the Jets are 5-1, and one, possibly 6-0. and oh. At least three. They, 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 they beat the Patriots. Definitely beat the Patriots. They... So that's what four and two. I think they beat Kansas City. By the way, that game was tight. It was a tight game. Yeah, they, Aaron Rodgers was playing. That's a tight game. I think the game you could legitimately say they might not have won is Dallas, but I think the game would have been closer because you know how Rodgers plays in Dallas. Mm-hmm. The Jets could be five and one right now, and we're talking AFC champions. And there's the difference in this game: the Jets are trying to stay alive to win this division. The Giants are trying to stay alive to keep their season alive. 
it's gone. Just lose their two and six. It's done. It's a wrap. I think it's done anyway. But that's you know. You know what the biggest injury was for the Giants? You could say it was Barkley. You could say it was Jones. No, the Giants' biggest injury was Andrew Thomas. You know, everyone else oh, is just like hey. because their offensive line is atrocious. They Justin Pugh off the couch. That was awesome. He was ranked one of their better offensive linemen. You know, on the PFF. It's just it's. Uh, it's it's one of those. I think you kind of said it best. False hope from last year. I um, said it. This that that season last year is going to crush this team for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Kill this team. But let me ask you this again. In this league, who or what? Let me rephrase it. What position is going to take you further when you have a quarterback set for the next couple of years or running back? He, of course, quarterback. Here's the problem. Good to see you too, Jeff. I love when Jeff is on. <laughs> I love Jeff. But here's the truth. The Giants don't have either one of those. Now listen, I I was kind of I was a backer for Daniel Jones. I was a backer for Daniel Jones. Now we can make the point of he has nobody to throw the football to, his offensive line. That's fine. But the thing of it is, is that with here here's somebody, and again, that's not getting any blame for the New York Giants, and that is Joe Shane. Joe Shane is not getting any blame for this. His free agent signings have been garbage. He literally, look at his draft his first year. He had two top 10 picks. Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, Hyatt, second round pick receiver, Stinks. Who did they? They took the corner from Georgia this year, right? Right. Stinks. I mean, that's the part I'm trying to understand is. I'm not ready to give up on Hyatt just yet. No, no, that's fine, and I understand you shouldn't, but he's not showing much in regards to his speed is supposed to create separation. He's not been able to do that. The quarterback has had, you know, only two Mississippis, if that, to be able to throw a ball. But again, so Joe Shane drafted Evan Neal, and Evan Neal has been a disaster. Evan Neal has been a disaster. And it's so funny. We all made fun of David Gettleman. All these players are Gettleman's guys. Andrew Thomas. Barkley. Jones. Shane didn't do any of this. Joe Shane has... Name me a player that Joe Shane has brought in to the fold where you could say that guy made a massive difference for this team. In the last two years. See, here's I, I, I see where you're going with this, and, and don't it makes sense. However, I think this offseason is the big offseason because of the flexibility that the Giants will have to be able to make moves, to be able to hopefully draft better or whatnot. I think this is the offseason for it. You're a little bit handcuffed when, when Joe Shane came in at originally, taken over from Gettleman. There were a lot of, you know, between salary. I mean, you had – what did you give to Kenny Galladay? You know, of course. There was, there was a listen, lot of – Listen, those things are going to happen. A lot. A lot of handcuffs that I don't think Shane was fully able to make a lot of the moves that he needed nor wanted. 
but kind of Jeff, he's, on a really quick, Jeff, he's, he's out working tonight. Don't worry, he's not watching. I think this is the offseason that will help determine how well Joe Shane is as a GM. I think no, this is the offseason for it. He blew two top ten draft picks in his first draft. It's. I mean, you can't do that. I mean, how do you blow two top ten draft picks? Two, not even. You want to blow one? Wait, wait. That, that, that Evan Neal this year agreed a hundred percent. Oh, Evan Neal, stick. Don't give me this stuff with Thibodeau and how he's a difference maker, please. How is? Not right now. And you know what? It it could be something as just the difference of a, a Wink Martindale kind of scheme. So you're saying Martindale's the problem? I'm not saying he's not the problem, but I'm I'm sniffing in that direction. So then who? I mean, so hold on. So this team last year, and by the way, look at the drum that Dexter Lawrence has taken with Wink Martindale. I, I mean, you want to give them Okereke? You could give them that if you want. You know what? You know what? The, I, it, it's a. It's honestly, it's a snowball effect with them. It's you're getting on offense. You're three and out. Your defense is back on the field. Maybe they give up a first down or two. They get off the field. Your offense comes back on the field. You're three and out. Your quarterback is trying to throw a pass, and he's getting sacked. He's on the ground. The de- the defense doesn't have time to breathe. I understand that, but the thing but is, Eric, they don't also have... the same thing, too. They're not getting any pressure on opposing quarterbacks either enough to make it where, oh, okay, you know what? Our, our defense is here. The only time we've seen any pressure and we've seen the line actually look halfway decent was against Washington last week. And they stink. That's exactly it. That's why I think the game is a little closer against the Jets. And not not to put anything against the Jets, you know, offensive line, defensive line, but they have a the Giants have a chance to actually have a pass rush this weekend. And if they have a pass rush this weekend, I think they have a solid chance. But why yeah, do they have it now? Is it they have a chance because you think the Jet offensive line isn't good? Because the offensive line in the last few weeks has played well. But the other thing is, too, the only way they're going to get pressure on this team is if you stack eight in the box and you do a full-out blitz. How do you, but, but that's the thing, though. And and I can tell you, Hackett has probably told Zach, do dump-offs of Brees because they're going to do an eight-package blitz. Once that happens, Brees is going to see light. And how are you going to stop it? Because nobody's back there. But that's, that's the only way they're going to stop it is if they do all that blitzes. If, if they don't the have guys... anybody that can. And listen, as a Jeff fan, I can tell you firsthand, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets lost this game. I wouldn't be shocked. But the Jets should definitely not lose this game. They are a much more talented team than the Giants are. I it's will get that to you. Not 100%. even close. It's not close. This game should not be close. If Aaron Rodgers was playing. The Jets would step on the Giants. I'm looking forward to a nice six-three ball game. I don't care. It's not going to be six-three. Somebody's going to get some points here, but we'll see. Uh, let's get into a little bit of some football picks. All right. So Speedy went through a couple of the games. So Eric, I'll let you start first. Which game would you like to pick? Speedy, play that music. You want me to pick first, Eric? All right. You know what? Sorry, I was looking back in the notes, <laughs> but I'm taking 
I'll go with the first game with the Raiders Lions. That's an intriguing game, a Monday night game. Garoppolo coming back. Should be starting, right? Maybe David Montgomery coming back, starting too. Woo, coming off a tough loss last week, the Lions were. I think this is going to be a closer game. I am taking the under, but I'm taking the Lions. Okay. Uh, Montgomery and or Gibbs look like old school Barry Sanders. The, the game I'm going to take, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be a little... This is going to be a sneaky one. I'm going to take... I'm going to take a chance on this one. I'm going to take the Colts and the Saints at Colts. I'm going to take the under. And the reason being is because I don't... I, the Saints are a mess. They don't even have a clue of who's doing what anymore. Derek Carr is yelling at Olave when he throws the ball 30 yards out of bounds. That's not being a leader. This is what the problem is. Hey, to me, I think the Colts will take this game. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Uh, this is a game where Minshew, I think, could thrive. Now, the Saints have a good defense, but I just don't think the offense is in sync for the Saints. So I'm going to take the Colts in this game, and I'll take the under 43 and a half. I'm going to take another matchup that I think is going to be a close one. It's going to be a good battle. I think both teams are trending in opposite directions, to say the least. But let's go Vikings-Packers. And you know what? I have I want to apologize to Nelson right off the bat because I think uh, they're trending. They both teams stink, so, you know, whatever. But you know what? Jordan Addison coming out of the woodworks, right? Osborne stepping up. Hawkinson, Cousins staying as of now. We'll see what happens when the trade deadline happens, but I don't think he goes. And you know what? I I think they do just enough. You know, the game I think will hit the under, but I think the Vikings do just enough in taking the Vikings. I'm going to stay in the AFC East, and I am going to go Pats at Dolphins. I'm going to take the under in this one. I think the Pats defense will actually keep it close. Uh, Tyreek Hill is not healthy, so I'm very curious how this goes. I'm going to take Miami in this game, but I'm very weary if a big player for Tua goes down. I want to see how he adjusts. So that's where I'm curious of. In, in my opinion, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. not confident. I'll take the under in this one. Now this one's a little bit... The last game... Use wisely, sir. You know what? I'm going to go with... It, it should trend in the opposite direction. But I just... I see the upset happening. I just... Let me get into it. <laughs> Jaguars, Steelers. ETN's going to have two touchdowns. I'm taking the over. However, I'm taking the Steelers to win this one. Late the relics. Came with field goal. All right. And then for me... This is an interesting one. You got the the Bengals at the 49ers. Brock Purdy's going to be out. It looks like Sam Darnold is going to play. I think Sam Darnold's going to thrive in this game. And then we're going to have a quarterback controversy. I'm not kidding. No. Yep, no. I think so. And I'll tell you why. Sam Darnold fits that Kyle Shanahan offense very well. I'm going to stay with the under in this game. San Francisco defense will do well against Cincinnati. I am going to take the 49ers the under in this game. And then, of course, we will do Jets-Giants pick. Uh, I'm going to pick the Jets in this game. 
Um, I'm not saying squash spot, drubbing. I'm not saying that. The Jets should. Uh, they should do this. But um, in my opinion, I think the Jets are just going to be too much to handle. That offensive line being down Thomas still. It's, it's, Barkley is clearly not 100%. We know this. That defense with the Giants is just meh. Not great. Give me the Jets. 13-10. 13-10 for the real home team in that game. You could call it a home team. It's fine. They actually are the home team on the schedule, which, by the way, saved the Jets a road game. So thank you. Great. Thank you. We don't mind sharing the stadium. Speedy said 17-7 Jets. 13-10. Speedy's a big Jets fan. Giants fan, by the way. So there you go. And that is our picks for the week. Thank you so much. Uh, Speedy, do we have the records on what happened last week, by the way? Do we have the records? Maybe he'll get that for us in a little bit. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but we'll find out. I had a rough week. It's <laughs> it was All a right, rough week. The records on that. Dang it, Speedy. All right, I guess we're gonna have to start keeping track now. All right. Uh so let's get into a little bit of the basketball, the overreaction. We saw a couple nights ago the Knicks played the, the Celtics. The Knicks were up by nine, three and a half to go. Christoph Porzingis takes over the game. Knicks lose. And I'll tell you why the Knicks lost this game. It's very simple. They had a better field goal percentage. They had a better three-point percentage. They had more assists than the Celtics did. Why did the Knicks lose this game? I believe the Celtics shot 97%, no, 99% from the free throw line. I think they only missed one free throw. The Knicks shot the ball, I believe it was 48% from the free throw line. You missed 14 free throws. That's why you lose the game. You're, they call it the free throw. It's free. And now what I'm trying to figure out is where – now, I think the Knicks are the third best team in this conference. Behind Milwaukee and Boston. I want to see Miami without their entire backcourt of Struess and Vincent leaving. Atlanta, eh. Charlotte, nothing. Orlando could be a sleeper. Chicago's a mess. Philly's a mess. Why can't the Knicks be the third seed in that conference? They have so they have they have a, um, an immense amount of talent. They have great depth, and they almost won that game against Boston tonight without Brunson or Randall playing well. It came down to free throws. If they hit their free throws, they win the game. But I think you're missing. I think what's going to be a key piece for Boston as well throughout. Um, look at the stats of when Drew Holiday was on Brunson, on Randall, yep, on Barrett. He's a defensive juggernaut. That's what he's He's one of the best perimeter defensive guards in the game of basketball. And that's why I want the Knicks to try to get him. They um, had no answer when he was being guarded that way. Yeah. And Boston hasn't had a, a true point guard like that. Marcus Smart, okay, fine. We can make the argument for him like that. But not not like Drew Holiday. Not a no, and, and you know what, though? Honestly, the Knicks should – What's their, what's their schedule? No, why is that called them? I don't care about their front office. Just, they play the Hawks tonight. Then they play the Pelicans tomorrow. Then they're playing. Then they go back to back with Cleveland. They're better than these three of these teams. I don't know what they are against Cleveland. They beat Cleveland last year. Are they? All, are they also the Knicks? Are they also not tailored to uh, when Randall shoots well? Oh my God! Stop! No, no, he, no. 
what drove me nuts the other night. I swear, how many easy layups does he have to miss? When he shoots the ball, the ball well, chances are it's a good win. When he's off, if if Brunson, that's not true. Picking it up, that's not true. That's not true because go look at the playoffs against Cleveland. He stunk. He stunk. He missed two of the games, and they won those games without him. When Obi Toppin was the better, was good. But when he's on, yeah, when he's on, you know what happens? The ball movement stops, and the game is too close. When he, when his, when he's shooting the three and it's going in, no. get it. Here's it's, what they need. They need Brunson, they need Barrett, and they need Randall all to do well. And Mitchell Robinson's got to get his head out of his butt and stop falling for these stupid geeks inside the paint. Stop. No. Mm-hmm. But, again, the Milwaukee Bucks, they came back the other night. They won. Lillard, 39 points. We're going to mention the Nets because we want to help small businesses. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets pretty much, you know, did what the Knicks did with 90 seconds left. They were up by eight, and Donovan Mitchell took over. Uh, I would still put Cleveland over the Knicks regularly. I wouldn't because the Knicks beat them in the playoffs last year until Cleveland. And what did Cleveland do any differently this year in their offseason? Regular season, Cleveland will have a better record. That's fine. But I'm talking about depth and talent-wise. Depth-wise, the Knicks have so much more depth than Cleveland does. It's not even close. It's not close. They have Garland and Mitchell. And then they showed in the playoffs the problem with the with, with, with the depth. Mm-hmm. How the Knicks, where they crushed them with their depth off the bench and everything. The, the, the Knicks are the better team than Cleveland. Right, but regular season, I. That's fine. You could say regular. That's fine. In the end, when they play each other, the Knicks are going to beat them. I'll agree. I'll agree to that. Because you're going to have Grimes on Mitchell, and then you'll have Barron on Garland. And that's how you shut it down. They added DiVincenzo, who's a good defensive perimeter ball player. That's was it, was it not weird not seeing hard out during the uh, you know crucial times in that game, though? I would say that was frustrating. And I would say Grimes not being out there. Because mm-hmm. Grimes was hitting his shots. Right, and they pulled him for quickly, which is fine. Quickly was having a good game, but you, I would have. Listen, he, Tibbs is going to cater to Brunson, even though Brunson should have been pulled. Um, he was struggling. I would have, I would have had Grimes and quickly be the backcourt at that time, and went with that. But listen, what are you going to do? Where, where was Hart? I, I thought that was kind of odd that Hart wasn't. Uh... Yeah, well, they're going to go with Randall. That's going to be Randall's spot every freaking time, and this is the problem. Julius Randle is not a closer. He's not a finisher. Doesn't do anything. He puts up stats, but he's not clutching big spots. He's not. Brunson didn't really close out that game either, though. Brunson, trust me, Brunson carried that team and was one of the reasons in the playoffs last year. Randle didn't do anything in that playoffs last year. Brunson in one season did more for the Knicks in his one season than Randle's done his whole career with the Knicks. Fair. So, let's get into it. It is time for. Come on. You're better than that. That's right. And here's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with, I'm going to go with the NFL officiating crew. And yes, they have a very tough job. I understand that. They really do. Their job is relentless. But you call 10 penalties on the Miami Dolphins and not a single one on the Eagles on Sunday night? How do you get away with that and be okay with it? These NFL officials this year have been making it about themselves like they always do. It's embarrassing. 
and it needs to stop. So you know what? NFL officiating? Come on. You're way better than that. I'm going to stick with the NFL as well. You know, I mean, granted, it's nice to, to sell tickets, to, to play for your fans, to, uh, you know, put out a good product and everything for them as well. You know, expectations. Um, but what happened with that whole Bijan Robinson ordeal? Oh, oh God. Well. That that whole thing. What about the what about the what about the Colts the Colts game? Colts Cleveland. Add that to the mix too. Oh, I mean, jeez, the and guy wasn't know, even on sides. That's how. That's how I know I have a good. You better than that. He was on sides. Well, look at the reaction. <laughs> what is what? He was on sides. No. Let's say it together. Come on. Come on. You're better, You're better than, than that. That's for damn sure. Well, that is the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. So we want to thank you so much for listening to the fans for tuning in. Another great show. It's been a lot of fun so far getting back into the swing of things. Uh, next week, we have another great jam-packed show. We're going to get to a lot of stuff as well. I'm sure we'll recap what's been happening in the World Series so far. We'll do Jets-Giants talk. We'll do other NFL stuff. And, Again, and this not basketball. That, not that anybody's going to care. You know, that uh, we play each other in fantasy this week. but Yes, we do. There will be some bragging going in into the show next week, too. I yes, I, I, that's fair. I mean, he's first place in his division. I'm first place in mine. So the way it's going, it's Peter Laviolette. I've, I've said this for the last nine years. This guy should be the head coach of the Rangers. You're seeing why. It's, it's no joke. And by the way, one other thing. When we were all talking about the NHL hockey season preview, about the Boston Bruins and their problems, and I said the Bruins were going to be just fine because they still have Martian and Pasa in that defense. They look just fine to me. So don't sit here and tell me Peter Laviolette isn't a good head coach. He's been to Stanley Cups with three different organizations. Man knows what he's doing. Could it be I've him for nine years. Ask anybody. Ask my friend Matt Rontanini. You can ask him. He's a witness. I've been wanting Laviolette since 2014. Pretty sure I can be a witness too. Me too. <laughs> I've, I, I, when they were doing Vigneault and Quinn and Galan, I said, oh, God, what are we doing? We're just doing a revolving door here. But yes, uh, I hope everybody has a happy Halloween next week. Enjoy it. I know uh, we're getting our kids together for it. Eric and I, we're going to get our kids together for it. Oh, God, it's on a freaking Tuesday, too. Jesus. Could you make it any worse? <laughs> On a Tuesday, I gotta go door to trick or treat. You know, let me knock on a stranger's door. That's just why people. This is why people have doorbell cameras now. By the way, knocking on your door first. Okay, Eric, have a great weekend. Before you, we all leave as well. Check us out on WorldwideSportsRadio.com, Facebook, Twitter, X, formerly known as Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, Spotify, Twitch. All that so much for check out the Wise Guys, the Sports Loudmouth with Speedy Feedy, uh, the Herd. The betting show, and don't forget check out one on one three point nine FM, the LI News Radio Network. Don't forget to check out the Weekend Crunch with Errol and Speedy after Islander games or on Saturday nights at seven PM. Check it out. Enjoy your football this weekend. Badgers have a big game this weekend against Ohio State, so we'll see if they can win that game. I don't think so, but we'll see. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Have a good one, everybody. This has been Game On Live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.